Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jim Rosenhouse with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. But you know what that means. It is time. Fantasy Jester Show. How's everybody doing tonight? February 10th, first weekend, no football, the show. Bringing it to you all live from Leesburg, Florida. How's everybody doing and uh, I'm sorry. I, I wish I could say anything other than for some of you out there, it is an absolutely beautiful night. Those of us, uh, those of you who are visiting down here in Florida for the Daytona 500, we've got the uh, qualifying race tomorrow for the uh, first two spots, the front line, and uh, then the ra- the big race next Sunday. You're enjoying some of the beautiful Florida weather. 83 degrees today. Enjoy. It's supposed to be like this all week. Folks, I hope it is as nice wherever you are. If not, curl up then. Get yourself comfy. Bringing you an hour NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, and even a little NASCAR for you fans out there tonight. Getting ready for that 500. Of course, brought to you by FantasyJusticeSports.com. And... Blog Talk Radio, bringing you this crystal clear sound. Obviously, I'll be bringing in JT in a little bit, but tonight's show, obviously going to be talking uh, NFL, the Super Bowl review. Uh, we had the guests on, great show last week. If you missed it, go back. It, that's the type of show that, because of some of the stories that were told by the, the guests that were on, you know, we had Sugar Hill Gang, we had Kenny Danico, we had, I mean, we had a list of people on and some of the stories that were just fantastic that it doesn't matter. You can go back at any time and it's just, it's a great story for their sport or their music, uh, whatever the case was, depending on the guests. So great show. Go back, check that out. And uh, speaking of great shows, though, don't, don't sleep on this one. Don't sleep on this one, because, again, Super Bowl review, we've got Nick Foles. What's going to happen now next season? JT and I are going to talk about that. Yes, of course, I will be bringing in the one, the only, the best, oh, I want to say a nasty word, um, but the best damn co-host out there uh, by far uh, will be joining me. We're going to be talking about 
NHL tonight. Going to be talking a little Final Four prediction and a little bit of hockey tonight for you fans out there. NBA, trade deadline, winners, losers, got to talk about that and what that means moving forward. MLB, I'm going to cause a problem tonight. I'm going to cause a problem. And matter of fact, folks, it's going to be interesting to see what my co-host has to say, because you know what? We did not have, as far as for the baseball portion, we did not have a uh, production meeting uh, for that portion. We have is the best player in MLB this season going to be Trout, Altuve, or is it a pitcher? Or is it a pitcher not named Kershaw? And I'm going to stir uh, something up tonight. <laughs> I am more than sure with my prediction of who we're going to sit back at the end of the season and have in the discussion, possibly for MVP. We're going to talk about that. So, again, great game and listen if if we have time depending on how we're going because you know sometimes i can run long and you know me um we're going to try and get to and if not it'll be on next week's show we'll go ahead and uh you know which mlb team has the best chance to break the drought this year is it texas milwaukee san diego maybe the nationals colorado colorado's added some arms at the back end there seattle tampa bay if we have time we'll get to that if not folks have no fear. We'll have it next week for you. <sighs> Real quick, how about a rant? How about this? The rant is pretty much in the title. February 10th. This is the first weekend. No NFL. Welcome to the black hole. Not the one in Oakland, but the, the vacuum the sports vacuum, if you will, that is left behind once football is done. And again, you know, I'm sorry, I have to allude to last week's show when Javon Kirst talked about this. He wasn't just a player. You could listen to him talk in a fantastic interview. And you could listen to him speak on the NFL and know that he is a fan of the game, too. And he understood, you know, because you have Monday Night Football, and then you get everything ready, and for your fantasy players, you have waivers on Tuesday, and then what you're going to get on Wednesday. Thursday, we got Thursday Night Football. Friday, you got high school. Saturday, college. Sunday, we got the games all day. That's my rant. I've got this. The, the, and trust me, I've got enough room in me to fit all four major sports at any given time. So to have this couple of weeks, and it really is, you know, I'm sitting here. And, and for those of you who are football fans, really, try not to cry too much about it. And, and I really am making maybe just a little bit more out of it than I should simply because in a couple of weeks we're going to be talking about the season, the actual 2018 season starting back up. So that won't be too long down the road. 
what also isn't going to be too long down the road, matter of fact, coming right up. You know, I kid him about his entrance. His entrance music is a reminder that he travels to all ends of the earth to bring you the best research. I mean, this guy is, to me, the best researched man out there. Anybody who's ever played fantasy sports, and it doesn't matter the fantasy sport, probably the best research man that all of us who play with him uh, have to give JT that kudos. Uh, you can find him at Fez437 on Twitter. Folks, it's my pleasure to bring you all the way from Texas tonight, the one, the only, Jason Townsend. JT, how you doing, man? Hey, Jess here. I'm uh, feeling a, a lot better than last week, so I can actually talk a little bit. So I don't know how much better you're going to be feeling it, it, you know, with that little tidbit. But, uh, you know, I got to say, I go to bed last night. You'll like this. Go to bed. It's 63 degrees. Okay. I get up this morning to get cleaned up, get ready to go to work, and it's 29 degrees. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is Texas. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm expecting a little bit more out of our winter here than what I'm getting. But, uh, you know, you, I listen great. to your rant. You're, you're talking about football being gone. You know, March 14th, calendar year flips over for the NFL. Free agency begins. That's the season in itself. Then you've got the draft this year right here in Dallas, Texas. We'll uh, yes. show up Philadelphia for what they put on last year. We're going to show them how it's done down here for the NFL draft this year. So, you know, the NFL has multiple seasons for me. So, you know, the part you didn't mention, pitchers and catchers have reported to many facilities around Arizona and uh, Central Florida. So yes, sir. we got baseball coming. We've got That's baseball well. coming. Oh, yeah. And, it's, it, it, you know, it's good that you do bring it up because, yes, folks, we're going to have this year, and I think that's one thing that we're pretty proud of, uh, J.D., is that you, uh, Tate, and myself are, are going to make our way around the spring training camps to give probably mm-hmm. uh, in the three years, well, what will be our third uh, season of covering baseball together, probably our best yes. coverage, probably our best coverage by far. Well, really we're looking, to you know, for – for, uh, aside from you, what, three days at Yankees camp, uh, the Yankees making the big announcement that they will be opening the doors early this year so the fans can watch Stanton and Judge uh, abuse buckets full of baseballs for uh, batting practice on your side. We go over to Arizona. Tate now will be covering uh, ten stadiums in seven days. So uh, looking nice. forward to fitting as much, as much baseball in as humanly possible out in the Phoenix area. So, yeah, I'm excited. Cactus League for us, Grapefruit League for you. Could be fun. Could be fun. Uh, looking forward to hitting the different camps, seeing uh, everything. Looking forward. I think I'm just going to park myself uh, outside the wall at, at the Yankees practice field and see how many souvenirs I can get some of the listeners. Right. You know? Well, but there's, You know, and – there's, there, there's going to be some other guys that I haven't mentioned for that Yankee lineup that will be depositing a few of those as well. So we'll get to that another time. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to be giving it – listen, folks, we, as we come off of football now, we're going to be breaking down baseball and everything for everybody. But, unfortunately, 
I do have to get to what we're about to talk about. This is the radio call from last week. And for me, this is a friggin' nightmare. Just wake me up, please. This can't be. Yeah, I think about it. I, I, you know, I really thought that I wanted to see New England lose. And now that it's happened, oh, my Lord, I got to live with this crap now. <laughs> well, I mean, you yeah, you got to live with it. But look at it this way. See, you got to take it from me. See, I have actual – I can actually – preach on this. See, being a Dolphin fan and sharing that division with the New England Patriots, I've always taken it to say, well, hey, at least the champions reside in the AFC East. And you got to mm-hmm. take those little things where you can get them. So, see, for you now, on the flip side, you can say, well, hey, at least the NFC East was represented as the champions. It's the champions division. It give, Maybe give your uh, G-men a little bit of motivation going into next season to knock off the champs. It'll be... Uh... Yeah, like that. Like uh, I can imagine what that game's that first game down in Philly is going to be like uh, between the Giants and the Eagles. But uh, right. well, listen, I want to ask you something uh, about that game. But before I do, just real quick, if you missed the show last week, let's go down real quick the prediction list. Wonder Mike from Sugar Hill Gang had Philly. Sarah Kelly had Philly by fourteen. She was pretty good on that one. I, at first, I thought that was a little high, but uh, that was pretty good. Kit mm-hmm. Kelly, not so good. She had New England. Brett Brubaker had New England. Uh, let's see. Chris? Chris Corciani, he had New England. Mm-hmm. Ken Danico had Philly. Yes, Javon Curse, of course, he had Philly. Alexa had Philly. Tate Dello had the Patriots. You had Philly. I had Philly. The old lady in the shoe had Philly. And Mr. Happy Pants had New England. So there's the breakdown of that. Happy Pants. Happy Pants wasn't so happy last week, folks. I can promise you that. No, no, no. Yeah, and he has has that special hatred for all things Eagles, too, so. You know, and I have to say, isn't it great to hear the New England players bite the hand that's fed them uh, so many times over the last five years and the referees and complain that Gronk was interfered with? Newsflash, Patriots, he jumped up in the middle of six Eagles. Somebody's bound to bump into him. Uh, you know, it, that's interesting. That's an interesting one. And so is the idea that I'm hearing fans that are jumping on Belichick and the Malcolm Butler decision. 
Listen, folks, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. You have loved his ways. Oh, isn't it fantastic? Oh, he runs it so hardcore and so regimented, and he's this, he's this, and this. And then when it comes back to bite in the ass now, all of a sudden, you're bitching about the guy who's brought you this many championships? Stop it. Right. I mean, what's your opinion on? Let me ask you something. What's your opinion? Now, you see, I got to be honest. First of all, I, I maybe would have sat him the first quarter. And especially okay. as I'm watching Nick Foles light us up, I might have given up a little bit on that stance. How do you feel about it? Well, I mean, you listen to Robert Kraft, the owner, talk about I'm usually privy to what Bill has going for the game plan and, you know, and what he's doing, and he didn't know anything about it. I still don't know what Malcolm Butler did. Was he late for a team meeting? You know, did he tug on Superman's case? Did he piss in the wind? Who knows what he did wrong as far as Bill Belichick is concerned. Uh, without knowing that, I see what you're saying. I don't think it would have made a difference because, honestly, let's be real. Yes, the guy had a, an interception against Russell Wilson to win the Super Bowl a couple years ago. But the guy is still an average to slightly above average corner. I don't think he's anything better than Eric Rowe. I don't think he's anything worse than Eric Rowe who got the playing time anyway. I, I think know, it's a non-factor. Some, some other interesting happenstance since the uh, game that's gone on. Uh, a, a nice, seamless uh, transition for Matt Patricia, uh, a better-groomed Matt Patricia over there for, uh, <laughs> for Detroit. But, uh, yeah, no, much better. It seems, seems a different perspective, maybe. So, I, I don't know. That's a, so, I like that. I like that. Yeah, it is. But some, some might say that better groom, Matt Patricia, already had one foot out the door before last Sunday, but we can get into that another time. <laughs> but, wow, have you ever seen – well, what, what, what's the best example that you have for Josh McDaniels right now? I mean, did I mean, he learn it? From, you know, did he learn it from his boss? Oh, did he learn it from his boss with Cleveland? Ooh, well, oof! I wish I could tell you. I, I do not understand that guy. I'm not a fan of his. Let me be honest, and let, let me qualify this. I wasn't a fan of his his first round uh, in, in the coaching business let alone to what he's got going on right now. I mean, what do you see when you, with that situation? And if you're the Colts, how do you feel about it? Well, you see, first of all, the situation is, like I said, he learned from his boss. He saw what he did to Cleveland. He wasn't going to win Cleveland. saw what he did to the Jets, okay? And, and obviously, uh, he's been offered the job. I'm my guess, the best guess that I have at this right now, is Bill's going to go for one more year. And then they, they've obviously talked about the Patriots job being his. Um, okay. Otherwise, why wouldn't he leave? Why now, as far as now? Indy goes, here's who I feel bad for. It's not necessarily the Colts because they, they've got – there's still plenty of good coaches out there to be had, okay? Uh, probably, in my opinion, better than Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. Who I feel bad for is the staff that's already been hired. Good point. Good point. Well, and and how about this? I'm sure you've heard of this little nugget. The agent for Mr. McDaniels told him, look, you're committing career suicide. 
And the day he did it, dropped Josh McDaniels as a client because, oh, by the way, this guy also represents several front office members of the uh, Indianapolis Colts. He represents the Super Bowl winning head coach, Doug Peterson, not to name several, you know, several others. So he's not hurting here. But, uh, yeah, if Josh McDaniels doesn't get that head coaching job in New England, do you think he'll ever get a chance anywhere else? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they, the NFL um, the NFL is not going to be happy about it. But here's the thing. Because he can be – let's say go ahead. All right, let me ask the listeners this one. And be able to answer the question. The Patriots go ahead and have another season where they go roughly 13 and three, and that offense can still shows the diversity and the unpredictability. And let's say all of a sudden now magically he's not the New England coach, head coach. I don't see a desperate team out there not taking a guy who still runs a very diverse offense. Okay. So, no, I don't well, let see me it. Say this. I, I think people understand that the Indianapolis Colts job is like kissing your cousin. Wow, it's cool, but then you think about it and go, that's just the wrong situation. Wow. Wow. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm going to – next time I see you, I'm going to have to kick you for this because I can't believe you're putting me – on this side, I always thought this kind of thing will put me straight over the falls. But the NFL is also a very quarterback needy league, and yet different circumstances. But there is a particular quarterback that floated around all year that definitely would have been an improvement to several players that were in the league playing at the time. But you wronged us. The NFL felt wronged by this particular individual, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> I don't see such a I don't see such a forgive and forget league anymore. You know these owners are the old boy network. They're they're all going to get together in their little meeting that they have in Arizona every year, and there's no way this guy gets another opportunity to coach. You know the difference. Here's the difference between Josh McDaniels and Colin Kaepernick. Josh McDaniels didn't cost their sponsors. When you've got a, when you've got Papa John's coming out saying that all this cost us in our bottom line, nobody's saying that because of Josh McDaniels. That's how Good the league there. does it. Do Remember that. one thing: these are a bunch of greedy, greedy old men that own all these teams. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Except for Green Bay, of course. But you get what I'm saying is that these right. guys here, their bottom line is the bottom line. McDaniels hasn't hurt anybody's bottom line the way Colin Kaepernick has for the NFL. Whether that's right or wrong, that's a whole other discussion. But the bottom line is it has had its effect, not like McDaniels. So it'll be interesting. It'll be definitely interesting. Right about now, you know, it's funny. Speaking of interesting, folks, before we go ahead, and I want to talk Brady and all that, um, because it, it, some funny commentary coming from Brady, and I'm going to actually defend Mr. Brady. Uh, we were supposed to have a friend of the show, Gary Ruat, on today. Uh, and JT, oh, wait a minute. I think I, no, is this him on the board? 
It's either Joey Cage or it's Gary Ruat. I can't think of <laughs> Yeah, um, so Gary Ruat is off somewhere, apparently hiding. He has lost a bet. JT, can you imagine him hiding from losing a bet? Absolutely. He's a Patriots fan. Of course he's got his head buried in the sand at this point. He, he made a bet, supposed to be on the show, to answer for said Patriots, and is off still looking for Back to the Future or whatever. You know, what did they do with the, the Back to the Future right here, Universal? That's what it is. He's just looking for Marty McFly at this point, hoping he can go back in time to when the Patriots were relevant. I, uh, You know, folks – Gary is a friend of the show because uh, yeah, he is. we tried to help bring awareness. He, a young man that uh, was losing his eyesight, and he's able to go ahead and get some treatments to try and help him retain eyesight. And uh, actually, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad he was able to see them lose personally. And uh, I can't wait to talk to him about that. Um, well, we're going we're to get you, Gary. Yeah, Gary, there's no hiding. I'll come to your house. I know where you live. I don't care. We're close enough. Um, uh, your dad will turn you in. I know. Um, but, uh, no, you know, it's funny. His team and, and hearing about the questions, Brady's 40. What do you do? You know, I look at it, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. First of all, the guy's going – Let's hear it for – he lives the hero's life. Let's be honest. Most people hate him because let's, he's six foot plus, decent-looking guy, has won Super Bowls, and is married to a supermodel. After going to the Super Bowl, he's going to Costa Rica for some family wedding this weekend, okay? Mm-hmm. Guy lives a great life. He's 40 years old and in the Super Bowl just threw for 505 yards three touchdowns with no interceptions. He is 40 years old and threw 4,500 yards plus, 66% completion, and 32 touchdowns and eight interceptions. I don't care. Don't, I, those are the numbers I care about, not what the age says next to it. I don't care if that number for the age is 21, 30, 40, or 60. If you can put up those numbers – Hi, how you doing? Welcome to my team. Now, JT, how do you feel about that? Are you concerned about uh, his health moving forward for these uh, Patriots fans? Uh, I mean, the Patriots offensive line still protects him very well. He, they, they, they utilize the running backs, these quick dump-offs to their running backs, which 70% of his 505 yards were little dump-offs to the running back. Let's, let's get that out there. It wasn't like he was making great throws down the field. Uh, but all in all, He's got the second-highest completion percentage since 2007. Uh, like you said, 32 touchdowns and interceptions. The guy still moves well enough to protect himself. Uh, you know what? If he wants to keep playing, the guy's playing at a higher level than 30 of the other 32 quarterbacks or 31 quarterbacks in the NFL. I say stay and play another year. Oh, yeah. I, I, I see him playing a couple at that at this level. And when you're playing on the highest stage, to me, and, and let's be honest, we said beforehand that Philadelphia front seven is a pretty good front seven. 
They should be able to get pressure on him. That line did a nice job, and Brady still threw for 500 yards on that defense. So, uh, no, I wouldn't write him off so quick. The uh, rest of the uh, AFC East might not be too happy about that. Uh, Well, the Jets have a little bit. It's going to be interesting. This offseason is going to be interesting. I want to see the steps that Miami and Buffalo take uh, as they're nipping at New England's heels now. And New England, you know, maybe that step back. How much does how much uh, does all this the Super Bowl wear on them, and what's been going on? Better yet, what is this with Gronk going to the movies? Maybe instead of staying playing football, maybe he stays one more year to stay with Belichick, and then once Belichick rides, so does he. Interesting times ahead. One of the things the, on the other side of the ball, literally, in this one, the Nick Foles situation. Mm-hmm. What happens there? Now, uh, we've already had a quick discussion, and we're just going to touch on this briefly. Uh, JT and I uh, have uh, talked extensively already on social media uh, regarding this. And, uh, again, for those of you who have missed that discussion, me personally, I am a firm believer that – uh, listening to Sarah Kelly last week on the show, that there is no way in hell you can judge at this time whether or not Wentz will be ready for week one. With that knowledge, there is no way in hell I'm letting Foles go anywhere. Extend him another year, give him a raise for next year, and, and extend them past that. You have a little insurance. To me, and I don't know, JT, uh, I has when shown you from college to now where he can be durable? Is this maybe an issue that we're starting to see? I'm not, I'm not seeing any issue. I'm not quite sure what, you know, what it is you're alluding to on that. As far as an issue, you know, an issue goes, I'm looking at a guy that from all accounts is a way ahead of schedule. Uh, I'm looking at a guy that was in the game 100% mentally, the entire time he was out, he wasn't like other quarterbacks that sit over there and joke around and have a good time. Had the headset on, was in foals here every opportunity that he got. But the Eagles, I know it's different owners, different GMs, but the Eagles have a history of when a backup quarterback comes in and plays way above their head, they tend to capitalize on that by moving that person down the road. Um, A.J. Feely, for example, Guy came in for an injured Donovan McNabb, had a fantastic season, suckered Miami out of a second and fourth round pick for the guy that was on the street six weeks later. Um, If I'm Philadelphia, I'm going to try to get something for this guy. I do believe they still have a little bit of control on this guy. And if I am, you got teams like Arizona, Denver, other teams that run a similar style of offense. I'm going to capitalize, trade him, get something for him. Interesting. I, I just I understand that he's head and how much he's into it and all that. It, it, his head might be into it. How that knee finally responds. He can't be. He just had surgery on the th- the 13th of December. How ahead uh-huh. of schedule can he possibly be so that anybody can possibly feel comfortable 
knowing that, yes, by week one, that knee is going to be solid and fine. I just think well, it's, a, it's a question mark that you have to think about. Well, this is a very quarterback-rich draft. Uh, yeah. you go, maybe you go get yourself a quarterback in the draft. This is also – there's going to be some nice journeyman free agents that you can plug in for a game or two. Let's be real. Nick Foles wasn't lighting the world on fire when Philadelphia signed him. No. It's all about coaching. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. So let me ask you something. Going right to your team, do you make a deal for Nick Foles to back up Tannehill? No, no. I think Miami needs to start looking. A lot of mocks I've seen have Miami looking at Baker Mayfield at 11. I think this is the year Miami goes and gets another quarterback to groom behind Tannehill. I don't know. How do you feel about Mayfield? For, I, I would just go off the beaten path for a second here, but how do you feel about Mayfield for your team? I don't know if um, you're I too think happy Baker Mayfield that. has the physical. I think he has the physical tools to be a good quarterback. Again, I think it has to do with coaching. All right, interesting. Moving ahead. Speaking of some of the moves in, in this off season and the free agency. Jimmy Garoppolo just got paid. Interesting payday. Your thoughts? Wow. Uh, Somebody's banking on the uh, Bill Belichick uh, evaluation system on that one. He did go 5-0 for them, though, so he showed something. He's had – he's won five games. He's gotten this contract, and if he fulfills the whole contract, he will have made more in those five years than Tom Brady has made in his first 14 years. Oof. Well, yeah, it's a little different game today as far as that pay scale goes. I will say this, though. I will say this. You look at what Jimmy, the type of that team, the way Jimmy Garoppolo uh, picked that team up, it's not like he had weapons around him. Pierre Garçon was out. You were looking at Marquis. Oh, I think he's the journeyman at best. I mean, yeah, the kid's a real deal. Uh, Can you imagine what Kirk Cousins is going to get paid, though? Speaking of which, where where do you see him landing? I hear the Redskins are thinking about playing a real tricky game about franchising him, and they could blow their salary cap out of the water between him and Smith if he signs it, uh, and they don't trade him. But uh, I think he ends up in Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 Elway is, uh, I, I don't know if he's so high on him. Uh, I, I'm going to be, I'm going bold. I'm going bold. I'm going to, I'm going to say that he's going to end up in Arizona. And what's going to happen is he goes to Arizona. And as a backup for Smith, this is a this is a dumb Redskins move. They go out and get like a Bradford. Okay. Okay. They get a Bradford because one of those three QBs have to go in Minnesota. Right, and Keenum, I think, has earned his uh, chance to stick around. But uh, let me ask you this: so. Arizona. Now, Kirk Cousins has already said he wants to play for a team that has a chance to contend. 
the Rams are the cream of the cream of that division, I would say. Seattle's still there, an up and coming 49ers play, you know, at this point. I would say the way you're looking at these teams, Arizona's number 4 out of 4 on my ranking for the NFC West right now. Do you think they have enough there? You know, how many years does Larry Fitzgerald have? Kirk Cousins is probably thinking maybe I go somewhere where the receivers aren't in the last year of their career at some point. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, speaking of receivers, got to go, uh, and we, then we'll go ahead. We've got to get keep moving here. But right on your team, Juice, what do they do with Jarvis? Is he is he moving or is he staying? Uh, I'm living here in Dallas. I hear a lot of Cowboy news. I'm hearing sign and trade, basically. Miami were to trade him. I've heard rumors of a Zach Barton for Jarvis Landry deal. Dallas kicked oh, Lyle nice. Collins into right guard to his natural spot. I think that helps mm-hmm. both teams, but I do not think he's a Dolphin next year. Wow, that's a that's a nice trade. That would be a nice trade for both teams. I like that. I like that a lot. That would be interesting to keep an eye on. Wow, wow. Uh, and uh, does Malcolm Butler does he stay with New England or is he out of there now? He's with New. It's just New Orleans next season. Malcolm Butler will be wearing the New Orleans Saints uniform next season. Nice, nice. All right, folks. That's football. I mean, that week. This is the first weekend. No football. <laughs> anyway, here's what we got coming up, though, folks. You know, we've got a couple things that we we've got on the burner. We're checking into, uh, but some of the great stuff JT's already alluded to. Wow, they're going to JT and Tate, Arizona. 10 games, seven days tour. Can't wait to see what they bring from that. I'll be going ahead around here in Florida, in particular, my three days, the New York Yankees. Looking forward. You can I'd only imagine I'm looking forward to that. Some of the other things to look forward to, folks. Um, if you've noticed on the website, there was nothing this week. We're working on the back end. We're changing stuff, and it's going to have a whole new look. Um, I'm being told February 15th, everything will be in place. So in time for next week's show, all the things in place, oh, my goodness, including the new writers, which has been pretty interesting. You know, it's been a little bit more difficult than I expected, Uh, one from my standard level and D from the other part, you get a lot of people that say, oh, yeah, I can go ahead and write. Oh, I'd love the opportunity. And then uh, when it comes to put up or shut up time, they realize this is no joke and this isn't easy. So uh, keep at it. Those that are interested in writing for FantasyJusticeSports.com, you can go ahead and reach me. There's a million ways you know how to reach me. And, uh, you know. We've got some podcast room for the growing network that we're getting ready to launch. Folks, keep your eyes peeled as we go ahead. Remember, April 20th, we begin year three. JT and I have been kicking ass at this, and we're going to continue to take names as we move forward. And we get ready, you know, coming up uh, right here in Florida – we have the Daytona 500, and uh, last year... I think this might be Kurt Busch's day. Looks like he's going to come home a winner. 
Bush has been the bridesmaid in the Daytona 500. Here they come off turn four for the final time. From Las Vegas, the 2004 champion of the series, Kurt Busch for Gene Haas and Tony Stewart wins the Daytona 500. And it was, it was a, a race that... I mean, he literally came out of nowhere. He was like an RKO for you wrestling fans. Uh, really, Kurt Busch out of nowhere. Uh, fewest laps led ever in the Daytona 500 with one. Uh, that's amazing. Early on in the race uh, last year's 500, we lost Dale Jr., which he uh, now retired, won't be in this year's race. But early on in the race, lost some big names. We lost Dale Jr., Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski. Didn't have that many cautions, though. You'd be surprised. Only eight. That sounds like a big number. It's really not that big compared to your July race, where the one where Ricky Stenhouse won, uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. won. Fifteen cautions in that that disaster. That was just a, a tough race to watch. And it'll be interesting to see is this the year that possibly we get a repeat winner? Can Kurt Busch do it again? Uh, for you fantasy players out there, and, and yes, you know, people are surprised that I do play uh, all fantasy sports, including the auto racing. And for you folks out there that also play fantasy auto racing, I just want to touch on this real quick. We'll get JT back in here for this race here. Go ahead and I, I, my safe plays. See, it's nice uh, to dream about a repeat, but you know what? It's a very hard race to repeat. But you start watching for trends. And, and during these, uh, this coming week, you want to watch the qualifying. You want to watch some of the fast laps turn by these next two racers. And that would be A.J. Almondinger and Paul Menard, without a question. And, uh, you know, A.J. Almendinger, and uh, despite uh, Mrs. Jester's faux pas when we met him a couple of years ago, when out of the blue, she declared, wow, he smells good. Um, it was a funny time. He's a great guy. But listen, he likes that Daytona track, folks. Third in the 500 last year, eighth in the July race. So you're looking at a guy who's used to being in a top 10 good fantasy play there. Paul Menard. Wow. What can be said about Paul Menard? If you're a fantasy guy, you have to have him as one of your guys. Guy went ahead last year in the 500, was in fifth place. The July race through all that melee came up third. Talking about two top five finishes last year at this track. So those are the two guys that in particular I'd focus on and then watch their speeds, watch their top laps and watch their speeds uh, this coming week, this, uh, coming week. And you'll see uh, who, who, who you can lean to in your fantasy predictions there, guys, um, you know, moving right along and, and keeping it going, you know, great times last week on that Super Bowl uh, show. And one of the greatest things for me as a New Jersey Devils fan was having three-time Stanley Cup champion Ken Danico on the show. And we were able to talk to Dano uh, about the coming Stanley Cup and their predictions. And JT and I are going to be talking about that in a second. Who's your favorite here at the halfway point that you feel really has the core and the uh, consistency to go ahead and uh, pull this off this year? 
Well, heck, I'm an underdog, so why not the shock of the hockey world right now? The Vegas Knights—they they don't seem to lose. They're, they outshoot their opponents. <laughs> they're, they're relentless. So who knows? Uh, but all kidding aside, I know it's gonna be difficult. But I, boy, have they been uh, fun to watch and been a team that it's remarkable what they've been able to do in their first year. And a lot of guys playing with a chip on their shoulder. They're well-balanced. They're good in goal. They're, they've been so much fun. Playoffs is a different animal. We will see, but I certainly don't think any team's going to enjoy and they're definitely going to make the playoffs. I don't think there's going to be many teams that want to play Vegas in the first round because in a seven-game series, just the style they play and the attacking style and in your face 24-7 uh, every game, it seems they could be a difficult team. But if you're if you're looking at a team that's, you know, well-balanced, and if they stay healthy, they're missing Hedman right now. It's Tampa Bay Lightning. They look like a team that's going to be real tough to beat, but that's what's so great about our game is in the National Hockey League. It's so competitively balanced. Come playoff time, there's upsets, there's different teams. That's what gives fans of who, no matter what team you root for, uh, hope that just get in the playoffs and anything can happen. And, and uh, it certainly rings true in the National Hockey League. There's no question in my mind. Seven-game series is a different animal, and, and sometimes you get a team's number, even a team that's had a better regular season than you. So it should be a lot of fun with the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, from my standpoint. And like I said, Vegas Knights are a dark, dark horse, but why not continue this miracle run? Uh, but there's so many good teams. There's a handful you can look around the National Hockey League and, and certainly believe that uh, they could have a chance. But one that stands out, obviously, for me right now is Tampa. You know, it's very interesting. I'm not really going to argue all that much with three-time Stanley Cup champion. I, I right. like the idea. Pardon me? No, I, I mean, three-time Cup champ for a reason, absolutely. But I'll be that guy. I'll, I kind of figured you, you'd kind of lean that way. Um, but that's okay, you little hater. And uh, that's all right. Um, Golden Knights, though, is a pretty decent pick. Just Stanley, just from the standpoint, they are a plus 38 in the uh, goal differential. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Lightning are a plus 52. So good, good teams to take there. My other two mm-hmm. teams, uh, real quick, though, JT, is, uh, uh, go to my usual stance in the playoffs and, in particular, hockey playoffs. Uh, strong defense, strong goaltending. So with those picks, I have to go with the Boston Bruins right now who are, have let up a league low 124 goals. They also have a decent plus minus at a plus 49, 9-1 in their last 10 games and currently have mm-hmm. the fewest losses in the league. Um, the other team, I follow my guy. I mean, he left Tampa and I thought maybe it wasn't a great move for Tampa, but Worked out well for Tampa and for Ben Bishop, the Dallas Stars. I mean, Radulov leading the way, 15% he's shooting, which is unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable, yeah. 15%. When you've got Jamie Ben at 13%, you got Tyler Sagan at uh, 129 People don't talk about, you know, people like to talk about Klingberg on defense. But one of the guys that people don't talk about, Guy getting very few minutes, but doing, I mean, yeoman's work. Radek Faxka, okay, is only getting okay. 14. He's only getting 14 minutes a game, but he's a plus 24. Got 12 goals, 
13 assists, but are you ready? If he shot as much as the big guns, if he shot as much, got that confidence, got the time on the ice, as much as Ben, Sagan, and Radulov, he's right up there shooting at 13.3%. So he's been a guy that, you know, is able to chip in those nights when the big guns haven't been, uh, haven't been running. So that's my four. JT, what are you looking at? Well, I have to agree with Danico. Uh, you got to look at the Lightning. You got to look at the Golden Knights. I mean, the NFL or NHL tailor made uh, them to be a fantastic team the way they set up the expansion draft. Um, I can also look at the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, 129 goals allowed, 156 goals for. Uh, the Kings are always a team that has the talent and the experience when it comes to the playoffs to make some noise. Uh, you look at Nashville, I think the Predators are uh, leading the Central Division, are, are at least tied with the, with the Jets at this point. But with their goaltending and defense, I think that's going to set them aside. But I love your Bruins pick. I think that's my team to win the Cup at this point. I think the Bruins are the most perfect, if you will, team as far as all facets of the game. They're way above average. And then, of course, i got to go with that fourth team that happened to won two Cups in a row that you can never count out with the experience that they have in the playoffs. Their True. defense and goaltending always tends to get a little bit better when the playoffs roll around, and we know they have the offense to uh, to hang with anyone. So Pittsburgh, I think, still needs to get their kudos. Okay. Interesting. There you go, folks. Nice breakdown uh, of it for you for the NHL. But real quick, in, while we're there for the NHL, for you fantasy players out there, just want to throw this out there to you. St. Louis has played 57 games already. They have the fewest games remaining. You might want to trade those St. Louis players. And Mm -hmm. some of the teams that have played the fewest games, you've got Boston and the Florida Panthers. Both have played only 52 games. So nice little swing there and games remaining, something you always want to take a look at uh, down the stretch. Go ahead, JT. Yeah. Uh, a preview for next week's show. I, I've got a homework yeah. assignment for you because no one can explain this as well as you'll be able to. Am I the only one that looks at the, what the New York Islanders have on the offensive side and think if they only had a goaltender, what could that team be? 191 mm-hmm. goals so far this season. If they had mm-hmm. any kind of goaltending, what could that team be? We'll, we'll talk about that next week. Matter of fact, uh, we'll see who, yes. who I can get from up on the island uh, for next week. Moving right along because awesome. we are we are up against it. We got ten minutes left, folks. We got NBA we got and MLB. NBA JT winners, losers. Go ahead, you hit it. I'll clean Easy. it up. What do you got? Easy. The Cavs got rid of any person that LeBron James did not like in a an effort to pacify him this season and the hopes that he'll grease their presence and stick around next season. So, good job giving LeBron what he wants for the Cavs. Uh, The Lakers unloaded Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., now have the ability to sign two max deals this coming offseason. So, I think the Lakers are a winner. Uh, Losers in this, you look across the board, you look at teams like Oklahoma State, I think they did nothing to get themselves better at the deadline. Uh, Boston, I thought Boston could have done a little bit more than they did at the deadline. Really nothing there. Uh, and lastly, kind of hard to call this team a loser, but uh, the Clippers. You spend all that money on Blake Griffin. You turn around, you go off and trade him for a bunch of pieces, none of which I think are going to make you relevant again 
Welcome back to obscurity, L.A. Clippers. L.A. Clippers seem lost there. Um, I agree with you on about one of the things about the Lakers. Uh, you mentioned the two max contracts for next year, and also mm-hmm. a first round pick which they didn't have to boot. Right. Yeah. And, and the chance that draft. okay, what if Isaiah goes back to being that thirty point a game guy, that potential that he has, and you have him around that you can entice. Well, he's a free agent after this draft. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Season. As one of but your two max contracts. Is, well, look at it this way. The Lakers control his bird rights as well. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. My loser in the, I have are the Jazz. Rodney Hood. Oh, yes. A 23rd pick, 2014, getting 16.8 points a game for basically Jay Crowder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just real quick, guys, uh, before, because I want to get into this baseball, too. And we'll go ahead. We're going to break down the NBA a little bit more next week. Uh, we're we're going to have these other sports now as we get a little bit of a break from football. First weekend, no football. <laughs> I will say this about the NBA. I hear Boston. I hear Cleveland. <laughs> That's funny. I hear Golden State. I hear Houston. I want to know why don't I hear Toronto with their fantastic spacing. You got DeMar DeRozan that just doesn't get enough play and you're getting spacing because of DeMar DeRozan, you got Lowry and then you got CJ miles at small forward spacing it out. Okay. Getting it from deep and then down low. Yeah. You got a Baca playing really well at power forward with uh, Jonas uh, playing center. Just, a team that, I'm sorry, doesn't get the props that it should. So we'll be talking about that a little bit more as uh, the season continues. MLB. This one here, I had to get to this because I am going to head and <laughs> have some spleen. Lucy, you have some splaining to do. Best player this year, MLB right now. Mike Trout, Jose Altuve. Is it a pitcher? Maybe not named Kershaw. Who is it? JT, hit it, my man. Who do you have? I mean, I, I can't wait to see what you're going to come up with this. Uh, but when I look at this, I look at it honestly to me. You look at the all-around game. You look at what they bring to a clubhouse. You look at what they don't bring in problems on and off the field. Mike Trout, Jose Altuve are the class of baseball. Uh, Altuve probably, if we're talking a fantasy league, in my opinion, would be a little more valuable because of the position in which he plays at second base, the power, the average, the stolen bases, uh, the run scored that he brings to that. But to me, hands down, Mike Trout overall, the face of MLB as he should be. Uh, this guy, now that he has some talent around him, I can't wait to see what this guy's going to do this year, not being the only person in that lineup that you have to pay attention to. So, for me, it's still Mike Trout, 26 years old, best in baseball. Really? You're going to take Trout over Altuve, huh? Yes, I am. Fantasy-wise, I'm taking Altuve because of that position eligibility. Okay. Real-life MLB, I still think it's Mike Trout. Real-life MLB. I have a guy that will be in the running for MVP this year. Okay. He's been playing – He's been playing, young man, 27 years old from Santa Domingo. 
And uh, he's got some interesting numbers as we take a look at his numbers versus Jose Altuve's numbers. And other than steals, he's a guy that is gold glover, somebody that you have mentioned before. You like to have the guys that are good at defensive mm-hmm. play, playing defensively because they're in the game right. late in the game and uh, well, they're not getting the advanced fantasy. Yeah. So a guy who has changed address, he used to play under Mike Stanton's shadow. Marcel Azuna is a guy that batted 312 last year, as opposed to 346 for Otube. Gotcha. Okay. But let's take a look at some of the numbers that do compare and, and make it even more interesting when I get to the final point of this. Play along, folks. At bats, they had pretty much similar. 613 for Ozuna. Altuve had 590. Altuve had 112 runs on that team. Ozuna, 93. Hits. (laughs) This is the one that's going to get people. Ozuna had 191 hits, folks. Altuve had a 204. Ozuna had 37 home runs. Altuve had 24. Ozuna had 124 RBIs. Altuve had 81. Again, I told you I'd give you the stolen bases. On base percentage, 410, 376. But watch how this is going to change. OPS, 959 to 924. That's pretty close there. I like that one. And then OPS plus, 145 to 164, Altuve's way. But here, if you take a look at Ozuna's spray chart, if you take a look at his hitting chart, and you match it up with the new configuration that he's going to be hitting in as compared to the Marlins park, he is a center field and left center power hitter. That's his sweet spot. That's where he likes to go. In those two spots, the the left field and center field walls, the difference at left center is 11 feet. And at center, it ranges from 7 to 20 feet different. Even at right center, it is 17 feet different. You add this up, and his numbers, his OPS, and all this stuff is going to go up. He's going to go up from 37 homers, and now he's going to get the recognition for that MPV, uh, MVP race because of the franchise he's on. I think the St. Louis Cardinals are a more highly regarded franchise than the Miami Marlins are. I told you I was going to get you with a good one. 60 seconds, what's your reply? Uh, He's on my team in every league for a reason. Beautiful. I like that. Good way to sum it up. JT, great show, man. Yeah. You too. Looking, Ready to go, man. Ready for next week already. I'll tell you. It really is like that, folks. And thank you so much, everybody, for joining us tonight. I am the Fantasy Justin. That was JT. For all of us here 
the gang at fantasyjustasports.com. Thanks so much for listening. Next week, pay attention during the week. We've got some more announcements, not just for the website, but for the podcast, some guests that are coming up. Stay tuned. The fun will continue. See you next week. Chester, I'm out.